Hello, hello everybody, and welcome yet again to I Understood That Reference, a movie podcast with Rob and Ross. Rob, my friend, how are you, buddy? Hello there. <laughs> I actually thought you said, hey, this is a movie podcast about Rob. I thought that's a, I thought that's what you said. I'm like, that sounds like a, that sounds like a podcast I would listen to. Very exciting. But it's not. It's about movies. It's about pop culture. It's about your bits and pieces. A bit of crack. A bit of, bit of skepticism. A bit of <laughs> undevoid, like devoid of <laughs> charisma, emptiness. <laughs> Optimism, yeah. hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a cynics. A cynics worldview for 40 minutes is basically what this is for people, <laughs> essentially. But what I'm talking, it is oh, anyway. my, well, I feel bad. I know. Yeah, we're we're trying to go into the, the new year with all, all buoyed up. <laughs> we had a on review. I, we realized I think this is our fault, but I we probably come we probably come across like we we hate everything uh, all the time when it's released. <laughs> That's not our fault. There's a lot of poo released on the big screen. So I think that's why, just to defend ourselves ever so slightly, to to justify the cynicism is more what I'm getting at, I think. So I had a conversation earlier with somebody and I was like, yeah, the thing is like, I'm not so all the new Marvel films. I'm like, they're all terrible and boring. They're like, isn't the logo of your podcast Captain America (laughs) and your podcast is called I understood that reference. And I was like, you shut your goddamn mouth, all right? Oh, come on. We're, we're allowed. They can be, the MCU can be good and bad in different parts. That's how, that's how it works. That's the risk you take when you're 40 fucking movies and 80 TV shows deep. <laughs> They're not all going to be hits. That's, that's. You got to stay objective. You got to be able to be cynical. You got to enjoy the good stuff, but be critical of the negative stuff. When you get the chance to demolish it, just go hell for leather <laughs> and have a good time with it. Because in our classic pre-recording preamble, uh, Ross and I just, just, just absolutely ripped apart the latest Jurassic World movie, <laughs> and we had such fun doing so. Like it was just way too much fun, <laughs> but not relevant to today. So <laughs> it wasn't recorded. We might go back to it though, because I, <laughs> oh my goodness me, oh, don't move. He can't see us if we don't move. <laughs> we, we did mention it last time, but I mean, look, you could easily spend two and a half hours just laughing, just pointing and laughing at that movie. Like I And I actually said I liked it because I, I do. There's like a part of me that's that enjoyed it for its absolute stupidity. <laughs> at this point, it knows how far down the pecking order it is. It's like, just just help us out here, lads. We, we brought the tree original. We brought Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill and Ellie Sattler back. Just, come on, just be like, <laughs> I like those guys, right? Help us out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't taint their legacy, for God's sake. I have such fond memories of the three of them when they were last together. Oh, oh well. That's that franchise dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this time, what we're going to do is we looked back at 2022 last episode. But this episode, we're going to look forward we will. to 2023. Which is the year we're in. Hence the relevancy. Hence the relevancy. Mm. And we're going to look at, basically, we're each going to pick three topics or three films that we're most looking forward to. Now, usually, I always have that terrifying fear, as I think our last episode proved, that we're going to pick exactly the same <laughs> movies. <laughs> I think Ross always throws in a few curveballs, but I feel like he has me pegged for sure for my top three. I'm almost certain. But hopefully maybe one, maybe at least one might surprise him. But let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I feel like I feel like this time, strangely enough, even though I always say, I actually do think potentially we could have 
three different movies. If not, I think it will definitely be two out of three different movies. So, Rob, look, without further ado, let's just kick into it. Do you want to go first? What is your first most anticipated movie of 2023? I go Okay, I'm going to go in reverse order. So this is out of the top three. This is number three. So they're getting more and more anticipated as we progress. But for me, the, the first one I've put down is Oppenheimer. Okay, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's fine. That's fine. That's no, fine. Look, I think, yeah, for those who don't know, it's the next Christopher Nolan big flick. Big flicking around the place. I and mean, he's... I guess it's like a biopic of the, the period in... Was it is it J. Robert or Robert J. Oppenheimer? Or the, the guy, basically the, fa- the father of the atomic bomb, as he's called. He was the guy who worked in the U.S. between sort of the 40s, 50s, and 60s and helped him develop essentially the atomic bomb, which one of which obviously ended you know, the, 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 the war in Japan. Anyway, at least that, that, that technology was used. And it was obviously a, you know, a seismic moment in history. And, you know, just in classic Christopher Nolan fashion, he has claimed, and they've even released a featurette on this, that they essentially recreated in for real the equivalent oh, <laughs> of an oh, atomic geez. bomb of an atomic explosion <laughs> just without the radioactive fallout so <laughs> so just for that alone i'm i'm you're, you're i'm excited to see the kind of spectacle because he's very good at like you know just he's he always has these moments in movies where you're just it's just so like unique and so well thought out and genius like if we think of like the the truck flip in the in the, the dark night or the, the encroaching explosions on the beach in Dunkirk like he has a real eye for just spectacle you're not used to seeing so that's you know so and just the story by itself I think is interesting and you've got a super cast led by the old, our own homegrown Killian Murphy haha Cork boy as Robert Oppenheimer and then I think Robert Downey Jr. is in it Matt Damon I think is in there just a lot of very interesting kind of character actors as well so Emily say, Blunt oh Jesus oh my god the cast continues to impress yeah uh, your man from the boys uh, is in it. Dennis Quaid's son is a Jack Quaid. I think he's in it, maybe in a minor role. So, like, yeah, they've, they've kind of got some good folks in there. But, yeah. Florence Pugh, yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman, Kenneth Branagh, good Josh Hartnett. What? Wait, anyway. Gary Oldman's in it. Phenomenal cast. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a just an embarrassment. That's Harry S. Truman. What? What an embarrassment of riches. That is crazy. Yeah. People love being parts of his part of his project, though. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. What are you pumped about it? Are you pumped about it for the same things? Pumped like an explosion? Pumped? So, about to burst? So, so can you imagine? Like a bomb? Can you imagine Christopher Nolan when he directed the uh, very low key uh, either Insomnia mm. or Memento, and he's like, yeah, got some great clever ideas, and he looks, he talks to his future self and says, so what are you doing at the moment? And he's like, oh, I'm I'm actually launching a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Like, hey, whoa, I mean. Whoa, maybe you were the real villain all along, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm 100% looking forward to it. Killian Murphy's excellent. The cast looks phenomenal. Uh, Oppenheimer has that very, very famous quote, which I've always loved, mm. which is, I have become death, the destroyer of worlds, which is a crazy, just like mind-blowingly phenomenal actual quote for when you think about the real, the real world implications. Mm. And he pulled that from, uh, it's from like Hindu scripture, isn't it? It's like the god Vishnu. It's it's written as yeah. had you know the the god Vishnu famously said it to impress I think either his father or uh, uh, someone he was trying to woo basically, and it's just it just it's so fitting that it's like that would have been written thousands of years ago and it's so perfectly used to your point to like encapsulate what they've done what they've created how exciting that Ooh. is that is probably 
the, the best fact we've ever said on this entire podcast. <laughs> and I hope nobody expects any of the rest of this conversation to be anywhere near <laughs> as, as yeah. intriguing and intelligent as that. You can, you can tune out of anything. It's, it's not yeah. going to get better. Yeah, it looks incredible, though. And like, even the trailer, you know, it's in, in classic fashion, it's got that, that swell of tension that builds up as it gets closer and closer. But the whole time, Killian Murphy is just, like, wide-eyed and terrified because... It's this interesting dynamic of like he's drafted in and it's probably fascinating work, but you know he's he's obviously terrified about you know the, the likely results of this what this what the developments of this project like what it means for humanity. You can you can see that's like weighing heavy on him. Um, wow, it, what, it, tension, drama, excitement. It's going to be fantastic. But but Rob, can I can I can I? And not to be the cynical guy as usual, but ah, just sure, to raise to raise the concerns. Christopher Nolan, okay, his last film was Tenet. Yes. Now, did you enjoy Tenet? I couldn't enjoy it because I didn't know what was going on. So hmm. that was my struggle. I really, and I liked, it's funny, it looked cool in parts, but I, I, I lost track of who was going forwards and why they were going backwards and who's the direction. And, and I, I get that it was supposed to dovetail, and I only, but you only get that in the end. So it's hard to I I find that hard to enjoy. So I know what you're getting at. Like, is he has he is he is he kind of going off the rails a wee bit with his it's it, pursuits? It's a film like even and the end of Interstellar, like we always talk about. And look, Dunkirk was a fantastic film, but you only realize afterwards. I I think some parts of his films ask too much of the audience at times. Yeah, and like that's fine, and it makes repeat viewings a lot better, and it makes you get be able to be intrigued and really dig deep into a film. But sometimes, and I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like sometimes a straightforward story is is fine. You don't always need something to add on to it. You know what I mean? And like, look, I love the Prestige. That very much has layers of storytelling of people reading different books and notes about somebody else and diaries and obviously interstellar has the whole dream thing and all that but i, I definitely found that tenet was was too far in that direction to the point where it's like i, I don't even know what i'm supposed to be enjoying here <laughs> <laughs> but like even for you think oh well like dunkirk is a, is a war film so he's just gonna make an honest to goodness war movie you know just really well made <laughs> but even for him still he has to like do that that triptych sort of structure where it's mm. it's you know it, the, the the in the sky it's only a few minutes in on the beach it's like a couple of days on the boat it's like a few hours and you've to stitch those together as it plays out so you understand like he makes you work to understand the logic and he doesn't like telling things overtly chronologically he likes to clearly he likes to play with time a lot so <laughs> are you afraid that he's gonna like <laughs> We're going to just right out the gate. We're going to see a nuclear bomb in reverse. And then the whole movie's going to be played backwards. <laughs> Until he says the quote. I can see something like that happen. I can actually see the first part being the bomb drop. And something to do with like the microseconds in between when it all kicks off. And also, that's just going to make me think of Killian Murphy in Sunshine. When he launches the bomb at the end of the movie. Which is an excellent film. And Killian Murphy is excellent. So look, I, I know I sound cynical. I'm not. I'm so looking forward to this film. Mm. If anything, I'm actually going to try and stay away from any other trailers about this because I want to keep this as clean as I possibly can for when I go into I it. I hear that. And I'll finish by saying I totally agree. Like, it's nice if the story's a bit more straightforward. Like, just before this, I was saying to Ross, I watched The Post over the weekend. And, like, that's just a solid historical 
drama about like something that happened it's just so well made it's it's not overly fussy it's just a really good story told really well and sometimes that's enough that's that that that's what you you can enjoy that whole, wholeheartedly without it needing to be overly complicated so i hope he kind of <laughs> jesus just tell it tell it in a normal fashion and we can really sink our <laughs> teeth into it <laughs> help us out here yeah. help us out here christopher okay Right, so with that, then I guess I am going to say. Mm. So I would have also Oppenheimer was one of my three. Okay. So I'm going to go to number two for me now. I guess. Oh, holy smokes! I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this one if it's on your list. I don't think it will be, but let's go for it. Okay, Spider Man. I knew it. Spider Man. I knew it. Oh, I knew it. it. No, it's not, not the same. Thankfully, but I knew. Yes. I knew. I knew you'd be. I know you're very excited for, for, for like just because of how good the first one was. But anyway, take it away. The, the, the the first so Spider Man into the Spider Verse is on 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 taught and then looking back and on reflection I have to say I, I think it is overall as much as I love the Winter Soldier Captain America the Winter Soldier I do think Spider Man into the Spider Verse is my favorite superhero film of all time Wow that's it big, has everything bold it's, bold but it, it's full of heart it's full of character the music is excellent it's genuinely funny. And the animation does things that are just out of this world, you know. And it's 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 not in the MCU, so it got to be separate. But then still, basically introduced every film goer to the idea of a multiverse before Doctor Strange, before everything, everywhere, all at once. And it does it all really well while telling a really relatable story for a lot of different age groups and different kinds of people. Because some people look at Miles Morales as their character. Some people look at for example, myself, as Peter B. Parker, as this old washed-up husband of a character. And I'm like, that's me. I'm an old washed-up husband. Such a good little adjustment to the name, isn't it, though? Peter B. Parker. Uh, like, he's B. the B player. Like, he's... <laughs> it's just a wonderful film with wonderful references. So, look, the sequel's coming out. The, the cast looks excellent as well. Obviously, all the same people who are in the first one. But then we've got some excellent uh, uh, additions. I mean, Oscar Isaac is always enjoyable, so whatever good. he's in. He, he basically made those Star Wars films. I mean, and they're terrible, but he is the <laughs> only good thing about them. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. Uh, I mean, Jason Schwartzman's going to be in it as well, who I always enjoy because he's always in a lot of Wes Anderson films. Uh, he's also in Scott oh. Pilgrim vs. The World. He is. He's uh, great in that. Jorma Tacone from the goddamn Lonely Island is in it. Which one of the Lonely Island? Obviously, he's not Andy Samberg. So, which one is he? So he is the guy with glasses, the, uh, or the the goth-looking yes. guy? Oh, it's the guy with glasses. The guy with glasses. Yeah, yeah. A- Akiva uh, is the other guy. But uh, yeah, look, I think it's gonna be fantastic. The trailer looks great. All the stuff is there. So now it's just time to build on it. They don't have to start from scratch with everything. And I think the guys, uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord, I believe it is, are just like I think everything they touch is is pretty damn good. Like. Even though they're only writing it, they're not directing it, but that's fine. I don't know. I just think it's going to be fantastic, Rob. Are you looking forward to it? Yes. Did they direct the, f- the first one? They probably did direct the first they, they do seem to have a habit of, like, they <laughs> kick off a phenomenally successful franchise, but then they take the back seat mm. for the sequel or the follow-up. Like, if you think of 21 Jump Street, then they I think they were hands-off for 22, but they probably wrote it. Then there was the Lego movie, which is excellent, but then they sort of just produced the Lego Batman movie, and I think there's lots of spin-offs there. And it's kind of the same here, but... I think this though I think the people love just seem to love working on it like from top to bottom like even every every frame talk about like every frame of painting as a phrase could not be better applied to like to that original and I'd say what they do with the 
the sequel is going to be even more just and just ingenious and interesting and artistic and exciting and as well they've got such a good sense for like comedy and timing like mm. every single uh nicholas cage beat in the first one is <laughs> flawless like where he's trying to figure out what a rubik's cube is because he can only see in black and white um or just his general like oh, it's so good and it looks also i like i really back them for like they did the they did the first multiverse movie i suppose properly and then yeah. god they said oh, isn't it amazing how one original idea just can, it, it 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 just oh. it's amazing how it just gets copied to death but i i trust them to kind of get the second one right as well i think it'll be it's in safe hands hollywood also, I, I will I will say, and that and I think stands to them, and especially the humor in the film. It's not that, and again, it sounds like I'm really critical of the MCU when I probably shouldn't be, but it's not that constant Guardians of the Galaxy style. You know, cut the floor from under you constantly. Every serious beat gets cut instantly oh. with a joke. It it allows the serious moments to be perfectly serious, but then just the characters and their interactions and the moments and the beats are hilarious. The the reveal of dr octopus uh, as in the alternate universe when it's peter b parker and he's tied to the chair and he says what's your name again and she says oh my friends call me and then the 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 the, the arms just burst from behind her back it's such a it's funny it's exciting it's just it encapsulates everything and it doesn't have a like a kind of oh there was a serious one beforehand but now we're gonna cut the end of it because we don't want to be serious we're not serious here guys we're not serious which i just annoys me sometimes mm. and seems to have taken over as the prevailing method of comedy in a lot of mainstream action movies yeah i think actually patty jenkins when she directed the first one roman she made a really good point about you know things your things can be just because when you want when you make something sincere and if it's sincere in a movie that doesn't mean it's cheesy it can just be a sincere moment in a movie it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to be this this it's like it's like they there's like they they make that commentary a lot about MCU movies in general, not just Guardians. Just like they won't, they can't own their own. They have no confidence in owning serious moments. They're, they're not brave exactly. enough to let it happen. Unless it's a cat movie where I actually do feel like they let them sit. There's not as much humor in those ones, but a lot of the other ones is just very much. I God, we're such I'm such a fanboy for those cat ones, but I but think that's tr- fair to say. <laughs> but it's fair to say, and the irony of that, Rob, is that. The guys who directed Captain America are guys who directed community episodes and Arrested Development episodes, which are comedies, Mm. which says a lot about an understanding of what both makes humour, but also makes characters. I think that's so fascinating Mm. because community as a TV show also has serious moments and allows itself to have very, very uh, endearing and very honest earnest moments of humor whereas it and then it's mostly comedy but that's yeah that's an interesting thing you said there i think it's so true whereas guardians of the galaxy is almost and that's why the third the film the trailer for the third film looks very very good but it i'm like i know this series is afraid to be earnest without cutting itself at the legs so i'm very intrigued to see how they yeah are gonna now pivot or not pivot and if it doesn't pivot it will hurt the film 100 percent. but yeah i think as we were describing the Doc Ock thing, even just, you know, the bit where he's like, we need to grab the computer and he pulled and he brings the monitor with him, Mike, uh, Miles Morales. <laughs> and just as they're running away, there's just this lovely throwaway moment where, in a very caring, affectionate way, but the timing is funny where Peter B. Parker just says, oh, no, you can leave that. We don't need that. And it's just, it's not that it takes away from it. It's just like, it was an educational moment, but delivered in a very <laughs> satisfyingly funny. And he just <laughs> flings the monitor <laughs> across the screen. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't need that. And bless him, like he didn't know, because that's like a funny comment of like, he's a kid, so he doesn't why uh, he doesn't know about CPUs and separate yeah. monitors. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my god. Just as he said it, that's the first thing. Though. But yeah, I'm. I think that movie's gonna be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, you're up, Rob. You're up. This will be of no surprise. My number two. <laughs> so this is no surprise. Most of this movie has to be Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning uh, Part One. Uh, I'm not sure if that was on your list necessarily, but I no, I I knew I said so. So far, you're two for two in the films I've expected you to pick. But <laughs> you said you're going from the least anticipated to the most anticipated. Yeah, which means I think I know what you're going to pick as number one. And if you do. <laughs> Okay, okay, we'll get back, we'll get back. So, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Rob, take it away. Give us, give us a, give us a while looking forward to it. Well, it's it, it, it's weird that the, the, the series Mission Impossible has had a very interesting journey, as you know, and I think you've recently sort of only watched the like the the, re, the original ones kind of more recently. So you've got a sense, very in a very fresh sense of how hmm. how they started. You must have been like cause when you watch the the um, it's not Frank Darabont. I forget who directed the first one. He does a lot of sort of sort of noir kind of more thought-provoking it's it's less about it being an action movie where they started it was more about espionage and it was like a spy thriller and it was sleuthy and it felt weirdly french at parts not just because it's a part of it set in france you know the first brian de palma brian oh de palma my god yeah. isn't that brian de palma directed the first mission isn't, i know isn't that <laughs> jesus <laughs> oh wow that, that, okay. that reaction is so organic i love it that's you know oh, what wow. you, you see what i always get with the frank darabont sort of slower more thoughtful approach to filmmaking which it is <laughs> thrown away by this <laughs> i know jesus i was gonna say john le Carre, but that's not that's the author equivalent of um brian de palma i feel but yes the first the one's very touchables like I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh we've derailed it that's so funny i love that sorry, reaction sorry Scarface. i mean come on like. <laughs> so like just oh, I... so jesus. like think of the origins of where the movies were and where they are now and how like you had the first one and it was I think it was fairly successful and like as in it, it it very much lives on its own as like it was the original it has a special place people starts because of the time it came out it was interesting and it was kind of unexpected at twists and turns it was very ooh sleuthy and sneaky oh they're creeping around the place oh Jesus she's dead so that was great but then the second one they went from this is amazing this pivot they went from Brian DePama to John Woo John Woo the- John Woo <laughs> <laughs> which is just mental and that, that 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 was really the lowest for the series because it was it certainly it had that one has certainly has aged not so great it's just very hokey and tacky and you know john woo was trying to do his thing but then there was like a studio saying oh this is too john woo and he's probably thinking why the fuck did you hire me then to to not make it john woo and there's a lot of yeah. flying kicks and slow motion and long hair it's a bit daft um and you then but then there's a change a bit of a sea change you've kind of they bring J.J. Abrams in to do the third one. And there's, at the core of that, there's a really taut action thriller that's got some fun sequences and it's very clever. And then, so and then I think Tom Cruise at that point is just like, okay, I feel like I know where I'm going now. I feel like I need yeah, to... Yeah, everybody else, fuck I, off. Yeah, everybody stand the <laughs> fuck back because I know where I'm taking this. He sees a big building being built in Dubai. Ghost protocol. Let's run around a building. Let's do this. Let's fucking go. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like I will make this work in the story, and he has just progressively gone from the Ghost Protocol to Rogue Nation to um, I forget the the most Fallout. Like he's Fallout. Just the 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 way he's built, like 
just insane stunts and set pieces like done done for real always as part of both the marketing and just the sheer entertainment of the movie is genius because now he's carved out his own he's he's in his own lane now there's tom cruise lives in his own category of like action movies like look at top maverick as exactly well it's, it's all done for it's, it's different to the christopher nolan i blew up i, I set off a nuclear bomb <laughs> it's, not, it's a different <laughs> it's a different camp Although we don't put Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is probably like, I will survive a nuclear bomb. If oh, he'll, oh, he'll, he'll, he'll do, do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> and like, oh, you just you have like the plane sequence of Rogue Nation, then you have the the helicopter chase in in Fallout, like everything. It just becomes more and more tentative. And then this one just they literally released like a ten minute sort of featurette on him preparing for this insane bicycle stunt where he ramps off a cliff in Norway and parachutes off the bike and he does it for real and just the prep going into it it's just he knows he's going AWOL to entertain people he wants people to go in for two hours and just feel like they've witnessed the craziest fucking thing they've ever seen in their lives and I know that that's what's going to be I have faith in him now I feel like him and Christopher McQuarrie who has written and directed now the last several they're, they're really switched on they know what they're okay, doing. Okay, I, I, I have to I have to pick up at this point now. Here's a bit of a fascinating thing I didn't know until earlier on today. So Christopher McQuarrie, the director, he's only directed like four other films. Mm-hmm. All right. Mission Impossible Fallout, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Jack Reacher, but he's written Top Gun Maverick. Yep. Edge of Tomorrow. Correct. Jack Reacher, but Valkyrie, which I actually really enjoyed, but more hilariously... Or amazingly, he wrote the usual suspects. <laughs> We've got full circle. Oh my god! I mean, the director of the new Mission Impossible film and the last two direct wrote the usual suspects. Phenomenal. And you know what? If you look at if you look at the way the last Mission Impossible played out with the whole like you the, know the, the, literally the mass yeah <sighs> the mass reveal and everything. Yes, man, he knows wow. how to do a twist and like interesting dynamics between characters like he he's and he frames things so like he knows he knows what he's doing that's why i like i love those movies they're such a cinema experience we talked about like why do you go out like why do you leave the house for two hours versus watching it at home and that's what they made it's what they produce in those movies and i think this one i think because because of the pressure and the expectation now i think this one's gonna be bonkers i i just and i also think they're in such a flow they're in a rhythm i'll leave it there but that's why it's number two for me i think it's I think it's gonna be great. Okay, so so I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about this as well because Go for it. Fallout for me, Mission Impossible Fallout was my first Mission Impossible experience, <laughs> and I mean, I was I, I what a film to just rock into, not knowing what to expect. Tom Cruise is in it, you're gonna get something decent, but my god! But the the crazy thing about it is that it only really shows how good and how intelligent the film it is when you watch the uh, the, the the Ghost Protocol, which is before it. Yeah, because. It actually allows the other film to do a lot of the, the groundwork and the character work and build up. And if you look back and Fallout, it's actually very, very taut with the amount of dialogue and the amount of story that's given. Because it's like, no, no, we've built that up. We told a good contained story in the original, in, in the last one. But now we're multiplying that and we don't have to lay the groundwork. So it's actually very clever. So it lets the the the, the big set pieces become the focal point of the movie which is what you go to see a mission impossible tom cruise film for but it's more intelligent than that because well you know the characters because they've been set up in the previous film and it's and that's why usually i'd be like dead reckoning part one 
this is just like a cash grab. But because the last two worked so well together, I'm like, I'm delighted this thing is happening again. Because it means whatever we're getting in part one, in part two, is probably going to be ten times the spectacle of that. Mm. They keep, and like, whenever they, and they've kind of settled now where they're like, they used to chop and change, like, kind of his gang in the first, like, three. Like, just, they're on rotation. But from the fourth one, for more often than that it's like and certainly from the fifth one so if like your ghost protocol some some people cropped up but that's where they kind of established their baseline of people and then they've kind of then rebecca fergus came in in the in the in the fifth one in rogue nation and they re- like she really gels with the the cast so they kind of kept her yeah. for fallout she's and excellent yeah, and like they, they brought ving rames back because he's like a familiar fit and they found like to your point like they've they've used but yeah while the action sequences and, and like the the, the the set pieces in you know, uh, Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation are excellent. They also use that to just, to your point, set the foundation of like, okay, these are the characters, and that that's just like we'll add new ones, but the baseline we're not we're not re- yeah. we don't need to spend time reintroducing people anymore. Yeah, that's a really good point. But yeah, it's gonna be I've seriously high expectations <laughs> for that one. I must say, after Top Gun, I'm like, sign me up, whatever, <laughs> whatever Tom Cruise wants to release. I'm like, he's releasing the SpaceX film. I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. I'll watch it. I originally thought when I saw it, I was like, does that say Tom Cruise's space sex? And then my brain obviously <laughs> kicked in and was like, come on, Russ. That's just on. what you want, not what it's saying. That's just what I want, exactly. Yeah, that's just me crossing my fingers like, um, <laughs> Rossgate. Rossgate. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, okay, so I'm going to do mine. Now, this is when I, I know already, Rob, what yours is going to be. And mine, it's fine because mine's going to be equally as ridiculous. I know there's a lot of great movies coming out next year. There's mm. some hilarious ones like Plane and stuff like that. And a lot of good ones. And we might talk about them in a bit. We like yeah. Bo was Afraid and all that. Yes. But, yes, looks very good. But I, I'm sorry. I, I've got to run back to my ridiculous. I've got to retreat into my ridiculous shell. It's and the I ridiculous hope. out of the sublime. Go for you it. You know what's coming, don't you, Rob? You know what's coming. I got to pray and I got to hope against hope. But look my i guess you could say my most anticipated film oh, of no. 2023 oh, no. transformers Rise i the of fucking Beasts. i guess why uh, <laughs> i haven't <laughs> i've made note of it here that it's coming out but i you this is what a roller coaster of emotions the release of these movies are for you the ups and the downs in quality <laughs> it's mostly downs like, it's, uh, sorry it was a first fairly decent one just an in- a remarkably consistent plummet after plummet for four movies. Like, like really impressive that it, they kept getting... Like, you always think, this can't be worse than the last. And it, yes, it is. And it, yes, it is. And then Bumblebee came out, which I know you adore. So you've there's mm. there's been an uptick. Is that... Wait, is this the... Is this in the in that Bumblebee universe or is this in so, a different so one? So look, this is a sequel to Bumblebee. But is it really? Okay. It, it, act- it genuinely is. But I feel like... All the wrong lessons have been learned from oh, that no. from that movie. Oh, no. So, like, at the very start of Bumblebee, you see all the cool Generation 1 Transformers with their cool, easily recognisable 80s mm. designs. And, like, one of them is Wheeljack. And there's another called R- RC, who's, like, the first female Transformers introduced in the movie. Well, yes, one of the first. Anyway. Radical and, like, chick. No, that's not what RC is. Radical chick. But, <laughs> I just made that up. Well, RC also stands for Ross Chapman. So, oh, you dirty devil. Well, let's yeah. not forget that. But in this film, the, both those characters are in it. So you feel like you just, just keep the continuity and use the beloved uh, characters, right? But they're not. They're all different. RC still looks pretty good. 
but um, Wheeljack looks very different. And look, Optimus Prime looks very much like the G1 one. So does Bumblebee. And look, everything everywhere all at once star Michelle Yeoh is going to play a voice actress in this. But just to offset that, Pete Davidson is also <laughs> going to uh, going to do a voice in this. So it's it's kind of hard for me to accept that this will be anything other than absolute tripe. But look, the first trailer is not terrible. It has some sort of potential. It, very reminiscent. There's a sequence in the trailer that's very reminiscent of how they framed that Captain America Civil War fight in the airport where they all run together. It's just like a gorilla. A gorilla. He's just like, here's all the A and B players. Oh, they're ready. Look at them face off. Here we go. Just in this big open wasteland. So they've got plenty of room to to fight and punch and break some metal and get some friction going. <laughs> anyway. And Rob, Rob, I believe you actually said. So I have no, I have no warmth for the beast side of things because I never looked at those cartoons, never followed them. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, it's Ron Perlman. I like Ron Perlman. He seems like a he seems like a fun lad. He's Hellboy and all that and that in those old <laughs> films. But I have no affinity towards this stuff. That's the problem. But you used to watch. You said you used to watch Beast Wars, right? Do you? Yeah, any, that, that was that was like, that was part of my Saturday morning TV routine. Beast Wars was on at one point. There you go. And it, man, it was in that era where they were really trying to they were trying to go big with computer generated animated shows. But, you know, obviously, if you go back, it's very... Lots of polygons. It's very smooth and washed out. <laughs> okay, and I, I recently went back... I think when that trailer first came out, I think I went back to, like, look at it and have a, a gander. Like, what did this actually look like back in the day? Oh, my goodness. Nothing will prepare you <laughs> for how it looked. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. But, like, you know, it's a sign of the times. But I was... I really liked it. I remember I got... Um, I got a, a Megatron T-Rex Transformer toy, which I still have. Yes. In perfect condition at home. And it's a, a mighty out thing. It's really cool. It's, it's like the tail turns into this big claw arm and the other arm, for some reason, is the T-Rex head. The T-Rex just, head? Yeah. <laughs> just there. He's <laughs> just there. They didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> Everything else. Also, he's like so purple. He's so purple. I'm like, you're not going to blend in as a dinosaur if you're that purple. <laughs> I know. T-Rex, what can we make the T-Rex? Purple. Wait, wait, T-Rex is purple. It's purple. We're making it purple. But as a story... <laughs> That's it's so like the story of that show is amazing because like there's so many callbacks. They're they're future Transformers and they actually go back in time to the eighties cartoon show and like kill Optimus Prime at one point and they see Megatron, they see them all from when they're in the eighties cartoon at the start. It's like really good storytelling in it, which is strange. But look, unfortunately I have no affinity for that. But I'm just hoping Look, I don't know. It could be decent. It looks like it's going to be more like Michael Bay movies than it is Bumblebee, which I think sucks. But I'm, I'm look. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remain hopeful. I love Transformers. I'm definitely gonna go see it. It's been so long. Me and you went to see Bumblebee together. Rob. I remember. It's been so long since I've got to go on to one. So I'm like, yeah. You know what? Why not be excited? I might bring a can. I might just have a laugh at it and just shut the old brain off. Bumblebee exists. I don't have to worry about it ever again. Let's just <laughs> let's just do it that way. So there I, you go. I think it's gonna be you're you're gonna have another Jurassic World Dominion experience at this. I feel I'm okay with that. I would go in with that expectation, and then if you're pleasantly surprised, then it's just a win-win. That's the way yeah. I would. <laughs> and realistically, realistically, it's Peter Cullen's last outing as Optimus Prime. All right, he's oh. voiced the character since the 80s. Well, like, he's he's 82 now, or 81. So, look, you can't keep ask, wheeling the lad out and being like, do it again. Do it again, Prime. <laughs> please, yeah. please leave I'm me to die. I'm sending this message to space again. 
is anybody answering my space messages? I've sent them for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's answering my messages. In like four continuities, I've sent them Autobots. You're welcome <laughs> here. All right, Rob. My ridiculous one's out of the way. Now let's, I know exactly what it is. Let's get your potentially ridiculous one out of the way too. My top most anticipated movie for 2023 is the one is the only <laughs> Magic Mike's Last Dance can't wait <laughs> uh, of course it's not I did. I haven't seen even the other ones it's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny oh yes of oh, course it yes. is I reserve the right I know people are like oh this seems weird now like they did a trilogy in the 80s that, that really hit the spot then they returned to it in 2008 that was muck why try and salvage what's left of people's memories of this and I, I kind of agreed I was like you know Harrison Ford is 80 so holy moly in a bucket but then they released that trailer and I just shat myself with excitement oh my goodness gracious me <laughs> shat myself with excitement oh my goodness me <laughs> You were bowled over, I guess you could uh, say. Yes! Oh my god, absolutely. It, 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 everything about it, this, they open with Salah's voice. He's like, I miss the desert and the sea. And it just cuts these, and it's very reminiscent of the old ones, which, you know, hopefully they don't do a Jurassic Park, which I don't think they do, will do. I think they I think they know what they're honouring here at this time, because they've already made the mistake. But it, it, just seeing Harrison Ford there kind of like, sort of melancholically saying, oh, you know, those days are gone. And then it flashes back. It's like, obviously, oh. a sequence from Nazi Germany. Oh. And they rip the, this this sort of knapsack off Harrison Ford's head, and it reveals a de-aged Harrison Ford that looks flawless. And I was immediately transported back to the original movies, which I just adore. Like, adore. So I, I reserved... The, just the way they put the trailer together, it was lovely little nods of... Um, yeah, we know where we come from, but like, this is we're still gonna be fun. Harrison Ford looks like he's all in. He's definitely not doing all the stunts this time. And I, like, the guy was seventy nine when they filmed it, so can can you ban them? But it looks like a load of fun, and because of how it looks, I I I, I know people are gonna be sad for, but I reserve the right to be just just crippled with excitement. <laughs> for these. Now, now, look, I, I'm so excited! Oh my goodness look, gracious! Rob, like, Admit it. You went in going, oh, this is not going to be great. And as soon as you heard the music, you're like, I'm all in. I'm oh, all in. Straight I'm, away. I'm, I'm, I'm just all, that was me. That was, I was like, here we go. And I was like, yep, I'm a, I'm 100% in. I'm 100% on board with this movie instantly. It looks great though, doesn't it? It looks great. And it knows what it's doing. At the end, he gets out the whip and he starts whipping. Yes. And the sound... The sound of the whip, I'm like, you that, that son of a bitch. Like... <laughs> Listen, if you're talking about swan songs and movies, this guy, let's not, let's not, the director of this, obviously, uh, is James Mangold. Like, yeah. firstly, he directed, uh, what's it called, which is absolutely excellent. He directed Copland with um, uh, uh, Rocky, well, boy, Sylvester Sloan. Sylvester so, Sloan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, an excellent movie. But, more to the point, recently, he directed Logan, for Christ's yeah. sake. Which is... One of the it's it's one of the best superhero movies made, ever made. And I would it's going to potentially be ruined by the goddamn MCU by bringing bringing Hugh Jackman back for Deadpool. Just <laughs> fucking leave it, lads. Jesus Christ! But he's also done Three Ten to Yuma, which is that really good western. Oh wow! I with know, Christian, uh, Bale, Christian right? Bale and Russell Crowe, for God's sake. And then more recently, he also did uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which is excellent. 
you're, the guy has he's got a knack for like you know really strong kind of grounded action you know I think he, he has a really good sense of that so I'm buzzing for it and honestly I saw I, I get very emotional when I watch it because there's something very just nostalgic about the whole thing and like you know it's his last one and he wanted yeah. to be because he wanted to end in a high but he recently went to like some Disney con or Comic Con or something Harrison Ford and he's talking about the movie and he's his voice starts cracking and he gets Aww. very emotional because he said I'm I don't say this often he said I'm I'm really really proud of what we've made here like and I don't think he's not the kind of guy he doesn't give a shit if something's bad he oh, will he, make he fun of it doesn't give a flying shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I he likes flying but he doesn't give a shit <laughs> I know so but like seeing him crack up I think he's probably you're feeling a bit you know uh, he's probably having a bit of a, a crisis just like oh my god this is my that yeah. was my last time as it so he probably remembers it very fondly but obviously I think he does back it as well which has me very excited and you know I'll, I'll be I'll be sad when it's over but I'm hoping I'll enjoy it while I'm in there so that's my and, and like even because uh, because Uncharted was released last year and it was so bad fuck like, it's, it's kind of ruined the legacy of these just action adventure movies that are just fun and bombastic and exciting and like look it's going to be full of CG that's just the way it is now unfortunately and that's look I don't love it but whatever they have to do it it's the way films are made nowadays I guess mm. and also when you're when you've got an 80 year old guy you're gonna have to sub in CG yeah. at, at times to like help help him pull off some of the wacky stunts i think they did seem look like some of the stuff looks great like when they're jumping between cars they clearly did that with stuntmen obviously but they did it for real um so i'm hoping they it's restrained as much as we can hope and that it's more like they filmed it on practical stuff but the you know they 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 dolled it up with cg where it was necessary which which is the approach mangled took for logan and um yeah and ford versus ferrari so i think i think that's Safe per hands, but hopefully, optim- cautiously optimistic. But I'm very excited. Oh my! And goodness. look, as a trailer, like, and realistically, your number one has a lot more chance of being good compared to my number one, which is which is obviously going to be a terrible movie. It's let's just be realistic about this. I'm hopeful, but it's going to be terrible. It, I have, I had hope for Bumblebee. This film, I, I I know it's going to be shit, but at least. At least. I mean, talk about coming out of left field. They're just like, I didn't know this was even going to be happy. You're like, if you see that Transformers trailer, I was just like, what? Then I, I searched it. Rise of the Beasts. How the fuck did we get to this? <laughs> How is this happening? <laughs> it should just be called, the next one will be called Transformers Fall of the Franchise. <laughs> I knew, I thought there was, I knew there was a fall coming. <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen again. Good times, but all look as I said, there's a lot, a lot to be wrong with that. The one thing I will say about Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny, it's not, it's not sticking with me yet. Maybe it no, will. that yeah. But look, I haven't, the, I the haven't worked. It's fantastic. It's better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Anything is is because that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Jesus you know, Christ, I thought of this before. Because the way George Lucas is, ex- he's obsessed with just space things it has yeah. to be set in space so he had to put aliens into that last one he just he could not do it god help him he couldn't not he wanted to call it i kid you not because i have the dvds i watched the behind the scenes he's like i wanted to call it uh indiana jones and the spacemen no word of a lie the spacemen oh, jesus christ <laughs> he couldn't not make it star warsy the old fecker <laughs> so it's like george i mean i i know you a lot of people a lot of people like your star wars stuff and and indiana jones but like come on man you really you really have the best record over the last <laughs> over the last while like maybe yeah. just maybe just sit the next ones out yeah <laughs> you fucking agent um but yeah we, we do 
a couple of honorable mentions will fly to rapid fire. Other stuff that you kind of either think, oh, like I'm I'm morbidly curious more than anything else to see. Not necessarily that it's going to be good because I have a few so, of those. D- d- yeah, so for, I'm just going to go and throw this out there. Bo is afraid. Uh, yes, Joaquin that looks Phoenix great. Is, yeah, it looks, the trailer is brilliant. It's Ari Aster who directed Hereditary and uh, Midsommar. And I love Midsommar. Uh, they're terrifying movies. This one looks a little bit more kind of maybe a little bit more comedic, but also terrifying and strange mm. and unusual. But the trailer looks really refreshingly different and unusual. Yes. Uh, so look, I got I, I have really good faith in his ability to direct. He's a fantastic director. I'm just hoping he can not make every film he releases be a horror film, and that's fine. <laughs> look, if it, if it has horror moments, that's fine, and as comedic, that's fine. It is an 18s movie, so already I'm like, oh. I I think it's gonna be quite gory. It just gives me that vibe. Looking at that trailer. Mm. But also, did you see the description? Is like a decade spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. I feel like that's a bit of a misdirect. Yeah. That's Maybe. fine. It looks fun, tra- though. Yeah, and it probably scary. It's probably gonna be, the, the trailer looks fun. It's probably going to be very scary. 100%. That's, that's that one for me. How about you? Um, I think there's a few. There's um, Dune Part 2. Is that at the end of the year? Oh, uh, wow. So I'm kind of keen to see it. Like, I really enjoyed the first one. And like, remember we were talking about just, just the most professionally made movie you've ever seen in your oh, life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it, it knows what it is and it knows what it does. So I think that'll be good. Um, that we don't need to dwell on that. We know it's just it's the follow up to the first one, which was which was very well made. I think um, there's that David Fincher one that's coming out called The Killer, which is like a neo noir. It's based on a graphic novel series, I think, and it's got Fassbender as this like detective slash sort of special operative kind of a guy, and it's Fincher. So I think I think that's kind of putting in his hands that kind of topic. I think especially yeah. you know, when you see when you've seen what he's done with Mindhunter um, and some and some other projects of his, I think I I that sounds that sounds fun to me. Um, and then there's then there's just like the daft category of things I I'm morbidly curious like how are these gonna like seriously how are these gonna turn out? There's Wonka, they're, they're making a Wonka a Willy Wonka movie with I, um what with, okay uh, I thought this was a a cartoon series. No, man, it's uh, Timothy Chalamet as oh, Willy Wonka. Of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. And he looks like me from that time I dressed up as Willy Wonka for Halloween. He look it's the, <laughs> that's what I that's what he looks okay. like. It, I haven't looked at this, but I'm actually going to now because I want to see this. <laughs> it's the same jacket, basically. What? Who directs it? Is this Taika Waititi? Oh fucking hell! I hope not. I don't know. I don't know oh, who it good is. Good lord, he looks like he looks like a low, a lower rent version of, of Wonka than you did. That's so funny. <laughs> oh good oh. lord. So yeah, wow. that, what, like like what is that going to be, man? Like what is it going to be? Jesus, uh, Paul King is the director. Uh, he directed The Mighty Boosh, uh, okay. Paddington, Paddington oh. Two, and Space Force. Jesus, that is an eclectic catalogue to say the least. Olivia Coleman, Ron Atkinson, Keegan Mike and Key. Ron Atkinson's uh, in it. Holy shit! Okay, and, and then lots of very prominent British comedians as well. Interesting. Okay. Oh yeah. So there's that. There's um man we have to go we'll have to watch the Flash because like what the hell is that going to be like? Is it is it going to be released though? I don't know. Oh my god, the drama! Nobody knows but, what it is. 
and like they're having to cut things out that they because that they plan for it because things are changing and they're Henry Cavill has been cut Gal Gadot has been cut from it they're, they don't really exist in that universe anymore uh, like, Batgirl Flash... or Batwoman or whoever whichever movie they yeah. just completely canned as well as gone <laughs> like what's gonna be left of it for it <laughs> I, I, surely to god they can't release that movie but Michael Keaton's probably like Come on, guys. I came back for ye. He's like, come, he's on. Come, on. come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm the vulture. I'm the vulture now as well. I, I think, hey, let's let's go get Peter Parker. Let's do it. Let's fucking get him. <laughs> I mean, I'm Morbius. Sure thing. Oh, my God. It's flashing time. Oh, that means, that probably means something different. Speaking <laughs> of the, oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of the MCU, we got but one that I think looks very positive, which is Guardians Three. Yes, it's really good. I have I have a lot of faith, but now for some reason the Guardians of the Galaxy are shouldering the entirety of the MCU on their goddamn back, which is mm. kind of strange. Just, are you not kind of a bit nervous as well, given the, the last few movies about? Of course I am. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, sorry, Jesus. Fuck. And he's, he's sure he's gone to DC to DC now. He doesn't care about this. Like, what is? He's got no stake. Everybody loves him all of a sudden for some reason. So I mean, I know, you know, yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he does like map out his stories though very clear. I think he always has a very clear, whether it's good or bad, he always does exactly what he wants to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of other directors probably don't get the same level of free reign he does. So I think faith in him in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's a big. Yeah, you really have to tie it up neatly, and I think that's going to be tricky. So I'm, I'm apprehensive. More than I What I've wanted to ask you about. <laughs> oh, no. Ant-Man and the Wasp Qu- Quantumania. Uh, uh, I just, I don't, I just, I just think it's going to try too hard and it's going to fall flat. I think it's going to, it's going to think it's edgy and wild. And what's going to happen really is you're going to have these really probably interesting, impressive visuals, uh, like, like, which are just the stilts to support, which is probably going to be a really convoluted, story to get to a bigger mcu beast that they need to hit and this is the, yeah. i think this i think this movie is just going to be the vehicle to get to a bigger thing to get to a bigger it, avengers thing unfortunately and they're going to waste paul rudd and they're going to waste michael douglas and it looks fake it's clearly filmed on that volume everything looks cg it, like it doesn't excite me for some reason i and the first atman i think is a bit of fun and yes. i think that energy's i think that energy's gone <laughs> i think it's long gone <laughs> Is, is is that where we are with the MCU now? Where like the films that should just be like breezy adventure, enjoyable films are now desperately trying to be serious and like prop up the villain Kang for like the future films. I'm like, is that is that where we are? Can we not yeah. just? Can Seems that a just shame be... to waste a movie, doesn't it? On yes, getting it, you're just using it to get you to to be when really it should be. Well, let's make this its own. Uh, maybe I, I could be wrong. Maybe it would impress us, but I'm, ugh, I, I'm not getting good feelings. I'm not getting good vibes from it. I, I'm certainly not. And as I said, it's like his character was so good because he always had those bright elements, even in Endgame and all that. He had the kind of fun elements, but a little bit of seriousness. But now it's like it's it just let's just make a serious film because again we have to prop Kang up. And and also everything everything has to be so bloody daft and over the top now like yeah. it has to be a multiverse or like some qu- basically it has to be a thing now where there are no rules to anything you can just be as wacky and as weird uh, yeah. and as they can't they feel like now they can't go back to something a bit more sort of settled because it's too, it's not it's not insane enough because that they just marvel just 
needs to feels like it needs to exponentially get more and more ludicrous in its approach, which is <laughs> detrimental to the whole series, I think, unfortunately. Yeah. But because nothing means anything now, like like anything can happen on screen. I'm like, yeah, Gran. <laughs> what, what's next? <laughs> okay. Yeah, like it's like what are the rules of the quantum first? They're just gonna say, oh, anything happened down here. We're like, okay, I guess there are no stakes then, because yeah. you just said nothing really, <laughs> nothing, no, no rules, rules apply. I guarantee you that's how they're gonna tee it up. Oh well, like anything can happen down here, so it doesn't matter. Okay, fair enough. Indeed. Right, mm. folks. We we we've, we've discussed our top trees. We've discussed yes. lots of other random kind of trailers coming out. If you wanna, if you wanna let us know on Twitter or something, what what are your what are your what are you looking forward to? What what films? Yeah. What do you think is of it... our top three? And how yeah. good do you think? Indiana yeah, what are you Jones thinking? Transformers are gonna be. Or maybe it's Barbie. Or maybe it's Renfield with Nicolas Cage as with Dracula. Nicolas Cage's vampire. Yeah, maybe it's Gran Turismo by Neil Blomkamp. I think that's coming out. I think there's mad there's mad stuff coming out. Maybe maybe it's Plane with. Uh... <laughs> good reviews you know that that's, that's I'm, I'm like definitely going to go see it I'm definitely going to go see it oh daft yeah. well, there we but are there we are we've, we, we've got to another we got to the end of another episode um, thanks for listening everybody folks you can, you can find us on um, I understood that reference on all the old podcast platforms I mean I, Rob probably knows this this a bit, bit better than me because I'm, I'm winging it put that in and it'll be there it'll, it'll show up that'll work <laughs> I promise or at least it should I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It actually probably doesn't anymore. I'm, sh- I'm sure it does. We, we, we actually seem to do pretty well last episode. So thank mm. you, everybody, for listening. But yeah, and thanks for listening to this. And let us know your thoughts online. Go on Twitter at CapUnderstands. Email mm. us at the lads at CapUnderstands.com. And just generally check us out. We have loads of episodes. And we'll be back soon with another topic that we don't know yet. Yes. <laughs> so. To be figured out. To be, yeah, TBFO, exactly. Just to, just to, just to keep you on tenter hooks. Oh boy. Oh. Anyway, so we'll see you in 2024. No, Ex- yeah, exa- exactly. You will see you in seven months' time after Mission <laughs> Impossible releases. But folks, all that's left to say is that I've been Ross. Oof. And I've been Rob, and this has been I Understood That Reference. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Rise of the beasts! <laughs> that's that. Oh my god, that's gonna be shite. Beast mode! Oh, oh Jesus! I felt stupid even saying that. <laughs>